All right, day 115. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And we are your hosts. And remember, this is a podcast about the Bible. We want you to see that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to the Bible to look through it and see God. We don't primarily come to the Bible to look at it and see us. All right, Job chapter 13. Where we at, Keith? Yep. So we pick up uh, right where Job left off. He was responding to uh, his friend in 12, to, to Zophar in 12, and then in 13 and 14, he continues. And this is one of the longest speeches of the book for anyone. And um, right before closing out the first round of speeches. So there's three rounds. Uh, he's closing out like the first round of, you know, speeches. And again, yeah, his friends have not been the most helpful. Right. Yeah. He said that in 12. Um you know, and I want us to remember that when people are suffering, our best tool is not just truth, right? right. It's not less than truth, but it's more, right? It's wisely applied truth, right? right. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, one of the things you see here, man, is Job in 13, he's going to ask like a bunch of rhetorical questions, like mm. in 7 through 11. Yeah. He's like, yo, would you testify unjustly on God's behalf or speak deceitfully for him? Would you show partiality to him or argue the case in his defense? Would it go well if he examined you, right? Could you deceive him as you would deceive a man, right? All right. of these things. And it's like, man, you really have to kind of think. But as you look more and more, you know, what he's saying is he's trying to show the, the fallacy in their thinking, right? He's right. trying to show like, yo, in other words, you guys are mishandling God's truth. Right. You're yeah. deceitfully using God's truths. Right. And if God called you to account, he would really show you something about your treatment of me here. And you would learn something of how great and how majestic and how terrifying he is. And man, when you are just quick to diagnose, right? You when you are quick to speak, you misdiagnose. I'm sorry. Yeah, when you're quick uh, to speak, you leave yourself vulnerable to just like the threat of misdiagnosis. And uh, his friends are just quick to speak instead of yeah, trying to understand uh, and empathize. So yeah, you kind of see that at the beginning of 13. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 13 has some of the most like iconic, you know, phrases in the book of Job. And so in one hand, you see Job's, you know, incredible trust and hope in God that's rooted in, yeah, you know, the confidence that God has in him. 13, 15, Job's going to say this, yo, even if he kills me, I'm going to trust in him, right? So you have this sense where Job still has a semblance of confidence and trust, even as he experiences the worst right but mm -hmm. and and this just yeah it just speaks to kind of how complex we are yeah uh because then in verse 24 job's gonna say to god like god why do you hide your face from me and mm -hmm. why do you consider me your enemy yeah. but the thing that you see about this book is like god doesn't consider job is and 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 for me god considers job his friends so much so this book is going to go out and God is going to initiate this conversation in uh, the heavenly council to the accuser and say, yo, there's nobody like Job here on the earth. And so you just see how suffering, right, and our processing of it tends to turn us inward and we make it all about us and statements of our worth and how God feels about us. And when we do that, right, when we, t when, when suffering causes us to turn our eyesight inward, 
uh, the conclusions that we come to are often distorted, right? We're distorted about who God is Mm -hmm. and our place in relationship with God. And yeah, God's going to call him at the end. Yo, let your suffering not turn you inward, but turn your eyes upward and really, yeah, yeah, look towards me and hear from me. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I love that because, um, you know, you just talked about the complexity of us and how he says words of hope in 13. Right. And then he seems to come back in 14 and just push back against his own words. Right. And it just shows, man, like, yeah, our perspective needs to be, everybody's perspective needs to be tilted, especially when we're suffering. Right. And so one of the things I do love about um, your preaching, bro, is your illustrations, right? Your word yeah. pictures. Yeah. And it helps you to literally see what you're saying. Right. 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 So you see a, a mental picture of it. In Job, and I love the wisdom literature because it does that a ton. Right? right, right. And Job does that here in a very vivid way. So in verse seven, he'll say, you know, there's hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again and its uh-huh. shoots will not die. Right. If its roots grow old in the ground and its stump starts to die in the soil, the scent of water makes it thrive mm. and produce twigs like a sapling. So in other words, he'll contrast his own life with that of a tree. Right. And what he's trying to say is, is like, fam, death bro like one of the things that pops off the page is like he's like yo death i'm gonna die and it's a wrap there's no hope after that right so so much so in 13 he said if only you would hide me in sheol can sheol is the grave it can seal me until your anger passes if only you would appoint a time for me and then remember me but then he's like yo when a person dies will he come back to life right. if so if that was true i will wait Right. All the days of my struggle until my relief comes. So in other words, as Christians, a lot of times we say, yo, man, I'm suffering, man. Like either God end it or just take me. God, right. Jesus, just come back. Right. right. Because right. we know on the other side what's waiting for us. Right. But obviously, Job, not having experienced the death and resurrection of Christ, he's not there yet. Yeah. So he, yeah. he has a, a blurry kind mm. of like vision That's of good. what happens when I die. Right. So and you got to think about it, fam. How miserable would it be to have no hope past this life? Right, right. Come on, man. No yeah. hope. Right. That would be that would be terrifying so much so that atheists today, the most profound atheists throughout history, all will say, "Yo, if there's none after this, it's really right. absurd and it's really pointless." I'm telling right. you that. Like, right, right, right. You see what I'm right. saying? And so, but you know, but a robust theology of the resurrection is what he actually needs. That's why Paul yeah. in Romans 18, 8, 18, he will say, "Yo, the the suffering that we receive, the glory is going to surpass it surmountably." Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And he goes into the resurrection. But and then this is so crazy. It just started to tie threads. One of yeah. the things that the resurrection is, it is not mm. just Jesus proving that we are going to ha- go to heaven. He's saying, no, the resurrection is God vindicating the righteous. Right. Right. So we talked about why the righteous suffer in the last uh, yesterday. Yeah. Today, it's like, no, resurrection is God. Vind- Jesus suffered righteously. Right. right. He didn't do anything wrong. And right. God proved that he approved of who Jesus was right. by yep. raising him from the dead. Right. Right. So in other words, for us, guys, we have to remember that we have an ultimate hope. Hopeless shouldn't be in our like in our right. vocabulary. Like you used to say, bro, that's not in our vocabulary, my G. Because our religion is based off of somebody <laughs> that got up from the dead, yo. So Come on, we man. can't we can't be hopeless, yo. Nor can we try to determine who God is and how God feels about us based on the limited perspective of life that we have right now. And that's where Eliphaz gets it wrong, yo. Yep. So he comes in and what he's going to do is he's going to speak about this life. And in 
chapter 15, uh, verse 20, what he's going to say is this, yo, um, your experience in life now makes this objective statement on what kind of a person that you are, right? So he's going to say this, a wicked person writhes in pain all his days throughout the number of years reserved for the ruthless. Dreadful sounds fill his ears when he is at peace, a robber attacks him. And he's saying, yo, listen, if you are constantly being assaulted by trial or trouble in this life right now, Mm -hmm. that's God saying that you're wicked and you need to turn. And this is like, yo, this is contrary, right? This is why I love what you said. What the resurrection does is it vindicates the righteous because presently, not only do the righteous at times suffer, they suffer one uh, by the hardships that they go through, but they suffer two by the people that think that they know more about mm. God, yeah. uh, casting a judgment and indicting them. And that's why, yeah, Job's gonna come in 16, verse two, and Job's gonna say, hey, fam. Y'all are terrible at this. Y'all like, are y'all, yeah, y'all are horrible at comforting people, right? He's gonna say, "Yo, y'all are miserable comforters," uh, mm-hmm. and he's gonna say, "Yo, like, what Job's gonna say is it's going to indict them, but again, it's also going to provide the solution for him, right?" Job's gonna look at them and say, "Yo, it's easy to say what y'all have said." sitting in your seat y'all don't know what life is like here in this seat like Mm. if i was in y'all seat i could say the same thing but job's like i wouldn't because i know what y'all don't need is my perspective you need my presence and comfort and and job saying man i'm undergoing this hardship and uh y'all are actually making it worse my suffering would almost be bearable if I ain't had to mess with y'all clown, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And the reason that it, they're making it worse is because they're operating from a limited perspective. So Absolutely. Eliphaz will say, 15-7, were you the first human ever born or were you brought forth before the hills? Do you listen in <laughs> on the counsel of God or have a monopoly on his wisdom? So in other words, he, he says, yo, you were you in the, are you in the heavenly council? Right. The irony is, Eliphaz, you wasn't either. You ain't there either. But the beauty is we are. Like as we right. read this, we we got insight until in a sense, kind of like right. why it's happening, right? Like we've yeah. seen what happened before it happened. Right. And, you know, again, just like Job when talking about death, mm. here Eliphaz talking about the counsel of God. Everybody yeah. is working from a limited perspective. Absolutely. God has the ultimate perspective, and we have to trust that he does. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And yep. so I think, yeah, what we do is we have to, yeah, and this is what I, um, yeah, yeah, Charles Spurgeon would yeah, say it like this. Um, God is too good to be unkind. Uh, God's too wise to be confused. That mm-hmm. even when I can't trace his hand, yeah. I've got to trust his heart. And so I think this freedom that comes in us being able to say, we have a limited perspective on what God does. So let's not try to be detectives and figure him out. Mm. Instead, let's offer our trust to him. And it's not a blind trust or unfounded trust. It's a confident trust because although we don't know how he's going to write out 
this story, what we have is a historical record of what he's done, right? If you've mm. tracked with us through this whole thing, y'all, we are almost halfway through the Bible and the goal is for you to constantly see, yeah, even if you don't know how things are going to work out for God's glory, things are going to work out for God's glory. Mm. You can trust him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we pray today that when things are confusing, uh, that you would help us to trust you. Would you remind us that uh, confusing circumstances don't have to be an open drain that causes our confidence in you to um, <laughs> to fall, God. Yeah. I pray that we would be reminded that we can trust you even when life is confusing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.